0: Hello hey, I'm glad that you are joining us right here for Valley Lights Church online. I had a job in food service a few years ago and I didn't I wasn't crazy about my boss. <laughs> uh, the, the head chef at this food uh, this kitchen that I worked at he, he would very often criticize me, felt like nothing I could do would be right and uh, there was even one time he, had burned an entire batch of beans for was going to be for a few hundred people. And he blamed it. He blamed it on me that they got burned. So I struggled to respect him as a leader over me. And he, despite that, he was my boss. So I had to do what he said. Maybe you've had bad experience with a boss. A boss is, is a kind of leader. You know, by taking a job, we decide that we're going to get in line with the leader of this company or this job site. Other leaders that you might have might be politically, you know, maybe there we may have had some leaders that politically you weren't all that excited about. I'd say probably in the past five to 10 years, maybe every American has been put to the test on their willingness to follow authority from governmental leaders. We've all been under different leaders, whether it's at work or you've been a part of some club or even in the family, their home life, there's a leadership structure, or at church. And we've all struggled to follow certain people in leadership over us. It might be because that person is a real pain. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, in our view, that the leader's a real turkey. He's, uh, he's just making stupid decisions. My view on this thing is better. And sometimes we just struggle to follow because of that. The need to follow leaders in life It can create a lot of tension. But when we handle this area according to God's instructions, there's surprising blessing that flows. So we're concluding this series called Teaming Together. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we're in a series talking about healthy groups. When you're part of a really good team, you can accomplish a lot and you can enjoy the people that you're teaming with. And so we've been looking at core values for our church really values that have enabled us to get established as a new church. And today we're looking at the last and seventh core value. And we we call these values the heart attitudes. Um, So heart attitude number seven is to follow spiritual leadership within scriptural limits. Now, leadership and followership, these are big themes in the Bible. It's really important that we get God's angle on this area. Uh, in the New Testament part of the Bible, there are three Greek words. New Testament was originally written in Greek. And there's, there's a lot of words, but there's three in particular that describe how we ought to follow, especially within the context of a thriving, healthy church community. One of the places we can see this, these ideas is in Hebrews 13, 17. And this verse says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the first word that we see here is this word obey. comes from the original Greek word uh, pytho. And really, this, this word obey has this idea of being easily persuaded. It means... I will say and I will do yes. When I when it comes to obe- obedience, I will say yes and I'll follow through. But it's also got this idea of not only will I say yes, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to actually make it easy on the leader who's giving me instruction. And I, I kind of re- I I remember when I was dating Erin, my wife, and she worked at a ranch in upstate New York, and every summer she would go to this ranch and they had Uh, I don't know, 70, 80 horses that they would do trail rides and bring campers through to get horse experience and all this. And some of these horses, and I got to ride a few of them, some of these horses were very easily persuaded. And, you know, you just touch the reins on their neck and they'd go. And then there were some horses, usually the ones I got, were not so easily persuaded. You would put put the reins and nothing would happen. You'd kick your heels, nothing would happen. You'd have to, you'd have to put, a lot of muscle into that heel strike to get any kind of response out of a horse like that. And that is a real pain. It actually sucks the fun out of a trail ride if you've got a horse that's not all that easily persuaded. So this kind of being easily persuaded is behind this word obey. Uh, Also we see it says uh, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. That word submit is also sometimes translated as yield. Uh, It comes from the Greek word hupaiko. Hupiko. And uh, really, with this word, more of the flavor of this word is to resist no longer and to give way. Really, I, it means I, I yield. I just give up my way and yield to the leader. I don't know if you ever watch wrestling or UFC, but you know, there's exciting moments in UFC if, if, if you, one of the fighters has got him in a hold, and then the, he's, just about, he's about to break his arm off, and the guy taps out. And uh, that, that phrase, tap out, is kind of fun. It's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a picture of submission, really. Um, when someone taps out, it means that fighter has given up and surrendered the match. They're, they, they can go no farther. And uh, this kind of yielding, this kind of resisting no longer is in this verse. kind of reminds me of a time when I had a I was working for a church, actually the one that sent us out, and I was in charge of doing a big movie night for our community. And we'd have hundreds of people come do this, uh, it was like a big outreach event to meet lots of people in the community and serve our city. And uh, we had some different ideas about what movie we were gonna show out in the public. And you know, there's a lot of preferences, a lot of things to keep in mind when you're selecting a movie. And at a certain point, my boss, the main pastor of the church, had, had said, "Why don't we watch, uh, you know, this movie?" And I said, "No, no. Like, we really should do the one that I picked." And I just, kept, I thought maybe if I give more—I mean, I've already been pushing for this a little bit. Maybe if I give more of a push of why my idea is better, this will be good. And I, kept, I just kept pushing. I, I wouldn't let it go until finally he just looked at me and said, "It's time for you to get on board." And I actually pushed him to a level of sternness that he usually doesn't have. Uh, but I, I, was not, I was not getting in line, I was not following. And you know, with this idea of obeying and submitting to our leaders and our authority, it is okay to ask questions. You know, it's okay in, in this case, you know, for me to uh, get more ideas and maybe have a discussion about the plan of action and how to go about it, um, to find out, like, hey, why, why are we doing it that way? But once the orders have been decided, it's time to charge the hill as one unit. It's time to fall into place. And I, I actually, there's been numerous occasions where I was not ready to fall into place. And uh, verse 17, it, it says, Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So this means if we do follow rightly in our obedience and our submission to the leaders that God has put over us, then we are the ones who benefit as a follower or as an employee or as a team member as part of some group I can follow in a way that's very exasperating for my leaders and I have I I've sadly I've done that a lot in my life I can make my leaders job harder really like a heavy burden like leading me is like a burden and I wouldn't recommend that in this verse it says if you if if you do that there's no advantage to you. But instead, in our attitude, in the way that we follow, we can make it a joy. Really, we can just make it a delightful experience for our leaders, even if hey, even if we disagree. We can make it a delight for them. Look at another word that describes how we're to follow in 1 Corinthians 16. Uh, Paul writes to this church in Corinth, and he says, You know that the household of Stephanus uh, they've devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. Now, the word submit is there again, but it actually, it's like the word submit in the previous verse, but this is a different Greek word. This Greek word is hupotasso. And if you were to look this up and study this word more, it's got the flavor of I take my place in formation under the leader. It's actually a stronger version of following than what we looked at in the previous verse. It's kind of got a military flavor to it, where if you were to imagine troops being arranged under a commander. And when Paul wrote to the Corinthians these words, he was telling them, Hey, you guys, make yourself take your place under the household of Stephanus. You voluntarily take his direction. And... Also, the direction of others who have joined in the labor, in the work. Uh, Paul did not expect Stephanus or the other leaders to crack a whip and to make people follow. He expected the church members to put themselves under the leadership. So for us, this kind of submission, it's something that we do to ourselves. It's, God has given the instruction that, that we make ourselves get in line and follow the leadership. And this is really hard to do, by the way, because you may have a leader that you disagree with. You might think that you see the situation from a better angle, and if only my leader would just see it my way, we would do it my way. Or you might feel like you've got a leader who's just a real piece of work, <laughs> really frustrating or difficult a real turkey. But none of those things actually relieve us from having to follow. In fact, you know you're a good follower if, you know, sometimes, with this being one of our core values as a church, you know, sometimes people say, yeah, I totally follow, but sometimes you're not actually really able to evaluate how well you follow until you get to a point of disagreement. And if there's disagreement, will you still follow? That's that's a question we all ask ourselves. I've got... Story about one guy that I was helping uh, to grow years back. It was a guy that we were in church with and we were some groups together. And this guy, he, he worked at a high-end electric guitar manufacturing company, really fancy guitars. And his name's Jared. He, he told me that his boss in the company was like a brutal dictator. He did not like this guy. He said sometimes he, fe- you know, he was afraid of him. Other times he, he resented him. Other times he, he really loathed the boss. And uh, it was it was a very difficult work environment for him. So based on the stories I heard, I, I could tell this does seem like a pretty difficult guy. But from what I can tell, the boss is never telling you to violate God's word. He's not telling you how to live your life at home. He's just giving you instructions at work in a way that are really difficult. And so I, I really don't see any reason that you, you have... A legitimate reason to rebel or or even to quit and i and i so i encouraged jared to why don't you stay under the pressure why don't you keep working why don't you you know we don't we the truth is we don't always get leaders that we like and sometimes we need to follow even when it's difficult he didn't like that advice but jared actually did a very good job he he did these things in the university he took his place in formation under the leader. Uh, Jared submitted himself, and he stopped resisting. In his attitude, he yielded and figured out how, how can I make how can I make this job a joy for my leader? And work. He really worked at it over over a few years. Later on, the CEO of this company comes in and and cuts this boss out of the company. The real difficult one. So now my friend Jared is reporting directly to the CEO of the company. And all along, the CEO had noticed the way that Jared was following, and even following a very difficult boss. So when Jared eventually left the company after a few years and moved on, the CEO gave him a very expensive custom guitar as a gift. And he said that Jared was a, he actually used the word soldier. Jared is a good soldier to whatever boss he was under. And this is a guy that can be trusted to do very good work for the company. And he earned tremendous respect in the company because of the way that he followed. So when, when Jared reflected about that long-term experience of difficulty, he, he said that ultimately that God had really blessed him through that. He praised God for it. He said, you know, this guitar is great. But the guitar is here today, gone tomorrow. But the lesson about following, he said, would stay with him forever. You know, we've got a thousand reasons why we shouldn't follow a leader. It's, it's really easy to come up with reasons. And there actually are truly some legitimate reasons. Uh, there are some limits on, on who we follow. Actually, heart attitude number seven, which is to follow spiritual leadership within scriptural limits. Uh, there are some limits we ought to look at real quick. There, we shouldn't follow a leader, first of all, if, if they are violating God's word or if they tell us to violate God's word. If... If they are moving or are moving the group in a very wicked, evil direction, we can't, we can't go against what God has said. So that's one limit. Also, another limit on leaders is uh, leaders need to exercise authority in their own jurisdiction. And what that means is um, we've got leaders uh, you know, at home. <laughs> the husband has leadership in the home. Uh, there's leadership in the state. We've got governmental leaders leaders in church, leaders in in business uh, environments and circles, and wherever there's a leader, he has authority in that realm, and his influence should be exerted there, but leaders ought not cross over into other areas. For example, a government leader does not have jurisdiction over my home and how I operate the home affairs of my life, or or for church or business or for there to be crossover. So we've got to exercise, uh, leaders need to exercise authority In their own sphere of influence that's been given by God. And God, of course, has the highest level of authority and gives direction in all spheres. Also, another limit on leaders is that they must not intrude into responsibilities of the individual. For example, people have got to manage their own lives. Uh, We've got to make our own decisions. Uh, We have a responsibility for how we handle our marriage, how I manage my finances, raise my kids. And spiritual leaders, for example, can't take over those personal decisions or or interfere with things that are really assigned to the individual. God has given each of us specific responsibilities for us to take care of ourselves. So, for example, as a pastor, I could maybe give you some advice about the types of person you ought to marry, but I can't tell you that you must marry that one person, (laughs) our specific person, or I could give you some advice about a job that you might take and give you some principles and guidance about that, but it's not for me to decide or even tell you what job you must take. So leaders, a limit on leadership is that they must not intrude into responsibilities of the individual. And then finally, a leader has to be qualified, especially spiritual leaders. We see some of the qualifications in 1 Timothy and Titus But there's some passages in the Bible where the qualifications for a spiritual leader are very clearly outlined. And for me, I've got qualifications related to my attitude, with my personal habits, uh, with my abilities, the way I uh, take care of my family. And if I fail in those things or go out of bounds in any of those areas, then I should be removed. That would be, uh, my leadership should be limited. So there's, there's a few limits on leadership, but on the whole, I think generally uh, we, we tend to struggle with wanting to follow those that are over us because there's just so many differences of opinions. And I want, to hear, I want you to hear from somebody in our church who has experienced this in the church. And uh, Holly is one of the uh, ladies from our church. She's got a great story I want you to listen to.
1: One time that I got to experience Heart Attitude number 7, I was a part of a small group at the time, like an intensive discipleship group at the time, and I had committed to volunteer at a big summer event our church was throwing and was excited about it. It was one of the first times I had volunteered for a large event at our church. And um, I quickly realized after I signed up to volunteer and committed to that, that my family was going on vacation over when this event was going to take place. I was like, oh, so bummed I won't be able to volunteer anymore. And so I was talking to my discipleship group leader about this and how, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, back out of that commitment and not be a part of that volunteer event. And um, she (laughs) stopped me and just asked, like, well, you did commit to be a part of this event and to volunteer, um, would you consider changing when you go on vacation, either bumping it up a couple days or moving it back so that you're able to be there for the event? And honestly, I'd never even thought about that. My family had already planned it and I usually just go with the flow. Heart attitude number seven is to follow spiritual leadership within scriptural limits and um, but also to make it a joy for our leaders and I could have uh, just chosen to like push back or um, make it really difficult for her or even have a bad attitude. (laughs) I wanted to make it a joy for her and make it easy for her to lead me in the future too. Like the fact that I had chose to be a part of this intensive discipleship training, because I chose to be a part of it, I really allowed her to speak a little bit more freely into my life. Anyways, worked out that I chose to listen to my leader. and was able to still go on vacation and move the dates around a little bit. Well, one, I'm really glad that I went to the event. It ended up being a lot of fun and I caught more of a vision of why our church does certain things at different times of the year. And it also prompted me to realize that I had been thinking like, I wanna do life my way and plan my vacation around what works best for me. I hadn't really thought about you know, either the church or people around me when I plan certain things for my life, too. And this experience really prompted me to consider other people and consider our church as I'm working through um, just different specifics for my life.
0: That's a really practical example of how this might look in a church community. For those of us who follow Christ, Jesus, he is our ultimate leader, and he calls each of us to follow him. That's, our following should be very focused when it comes to Jesus. And But he leads us in, in two ways. Jesus leads us personally. God gives us guidance uh, through the Holy Spirit and through prayer, and also as we read his word and get direction for life that way. So he leads us personally. But the second way that God leads us is through the leaders that he appoints. So God leads leaders and the leaders lead us. When it comes to church, Jesus doesn't simultaneously speak the same direction to everyone, every church member at the same time. But very often he speaks to and works through the overseers in a church. And so then God expects his people to rightly follow and cooperate with the leaders if his kingdom work is going to get done. If we refuse to submit ourselves, God might lovingly keep putting us under difficult leaders until we learn to operate according to his guidelines. I, I heard a mentor once said, you know, if you don't learn this lesson of authority with your boss, you might get a new job, just move on to get a new job, and you end up with the same boss, but with a different face the same kind of problems that you had in the last job because God really wants to train us in this area of authority. But, you know, if we do learn and if we do make it a joy for our leaders, we can create an organization by God's grace that moves the mission forward. And that's how we team together. The The great thing about following well is that it results in benefit to us personally too. So a next step for you might be, uh, as you reflect on some of these things, hey, you might, you might realize I, I need to be easily persuaded and yield to the authority of a leader in my life. And there may be one in particular that you're thinking about. Or another next step might be, I'm going to voluntarily put myself under leadership at Valley Lights Church and cooperate with the leaders there. This whole topic of following and leadership, there's a lot more about it and... Perhaps some of these ideas may have stirred up some questions for you that I, I don't really have time to answer at the moment so I'd encourage you we've got two books on the heart attitudes uh, heart attitude number seven appears in, in both of these books um, one this blue one we're going through our life groups and reading together as a church this other one um, it actually it helps us it, it helps the reader to look through many of the scriptural passages that I uh, make these principles clear. And you can even do some of your own investigation about what God says about these areas. So I'd recommend that. So now that we have talked about hard attitude seven, my friends, you have learned the hard attitudes. <laughs> uh, if you've been with us over the past few months and been tracking with us, then you have learned hard attitudes one through seven. It's, it really has taken a few months to work through it. If you're new, to our church, or if this is a new experience for you, then you probably just have a small window of what we're talking about here at the moment. But if you have been tracking with us over the past 10 weeks, then your discernment of God's will has grown. Isn't that amazing? If you think about it, you know, often we want to know, hey, what's God's will for my life? How do do I know what God wants? Well, these things that we've talked about has deepened your discernment and understanding about God's will. And throughout this series, all 10 weeks that we've done it, you've heard stories from real people in our church who were faced with a situation, and they had this opportunity to do what God wanted and to implement one of the seven heart attitudes. And if you've been reading along in that book with us throughout life groups, there were even more examples of people Just real stories of people living these out. And the story, all of these stories reveal that over time, taking the opportunity to do the heart attitude, really to do what God wanted in a specific situation, resulted in blessing. Really good things began to form. And so now that you also have learned the heart attitudes, God will now send you opportunities. Maybe even this week, you might receive opportunities to do these things. So here is the complete list of heart attitudes. And you can see next to each one, a few of the New Testament commands that correspond to each value. And so this week, you might have the opportunity to put the goals and interests of somebody else above your own. And you may have a goal and a desire that you just need to let go of. There may be an opportunity for that. Or you might have the opportunity to live an honest open life before others, for you to share about something going on, to maybe open up with somebody at a level that you're not really that used to doing. Or you might be able to give or receive scriptural correction. Maybe you're getting off track, or maybe you see somebody heading for a cliff, and that input could be life-saving. Or you might have a relationship that needs to be cleared up God really cares about things being clear between all of us, even before we come and worship him. Or you might be able to participate in the ministry. There may be an opportunity for you to serve, for you to give some of your time or your strength to something on a Sunday morning or during the week or a a way to serve somebody. You might have the opportunity to support the work financially, to give of your income towards God's work and to see good things come from that. And you might have the opportunity to follow spiritual leadership within scriptural limits. Now, when God sends you any of these opportunities, they will come for your good and for the good of others. Maybe, like some of the stories you've heard, the opportunities might result in blessing in your life. And, even more importantly, when we do what God wants, it will result in us pleasing Him really honoring him, bringing him pleasure. And if you look at that list of seven values, maybe you can see some where you've blown it. (laughs) Maybe God brought you an opportunity and you failed because maybe you didn't recognize it. You didn't see it in the moment for what it was. Or maybe you tried to do the right thing, but you failed. Or maybe you just just straight up did what you wanted. I know God says this, but I'm going to do it my way. That's called rebellion. Maybe you just rebelled. If, if that's the case for you and you, you missed an opportunity, don't mope around in self-pity or self-condemnation because when we do that, we are not paying attention and we're going to miss the next opportunity. When we sin in any of those categories, we need to call to sin, ask God for his forgiveness, but then get ready because the next opportunity is on its way. God will continue to give us situation by situation where we can live out his word. And when these seven values begin to flow in your life and in the life of our church community, we will begin to operate like a colony of the kingdom of God. We'll begin to taste what life will be like in heaven. Not fully, not totally like heaven, but partly. It won't make us a perfect community, but a healthy one. A biblical community. And you may find yourself doing life with people for years that you really enjoy and deeply treasure. Now, before we wrap up, I do want to turn a corner and point out something about the season that we're in right now. It is springtime, and I have a special affection for all four seasons. Sometimes I can't decide which time of year I like the best. It's a very close race, but the season that I love the most by a small margin is spring. And I love it because I love warm sun and cool breeze. (laughs) I love the occasional rainfall that makes the hills burst into green. I love the smell of blossoms and leaves sprouting on trees and things budding everywhere. Spring to me feels like a season of growth and new life. It inspires me. And I think Spring actually can sometimes parallel growth and new life that God might be stirring up in us. And I think that some of you listening or watching right now are positioned to take a step of spiritual growth right now. I think that you might actually be on the verge of deepening your roots spiritually. Maybe you do. You, you take a step that turns into something incredible growing out of your life. I don't think it's an accident that you're listening right now or that you found Valley Lights Church. So I want you to, if on Sunday we have these connection cards, but right now I'm gonna give you, put some things on the screen right now. Take a minute to consider the possibility of taking a significant spiritual step right now, right today. I've listed five possible steps and I think, actually, everyone listening is positioned to take at least one of these steps. One significant spiritual step might be to decide to make Jesus my Lord, or the boss of my life. We talked all about leadership and authority and bosses today. Well, Jesus wants to lead our entire life. Maybe you've thought about that, but you're a bit on the fence or you've been on the fence, or, or maybe you feel ready to step across the line of faith and trust the Lord with your life. Maybe you have this desire to walk with Jesus, but you're not really sure where you stand with Him, and, and you've got this, you, you do want to get right with God. Well, maybe He's getting your attention right now. If that's you, let us know. We'd love to help you with that. Another significant step that you might take is to go public with your faith through baptism. Because maybe you've already decided to follow Jesus, but you've never taken that step of obedience. Baptism, it's a symbol. When someone's lowered under the water, it represents death, really dying to the old way of life. And when you come out of the water, it represents resurrection to new life. It's really meant to be a symbol. And so it's not, you know, baptism doesn't save you or give you a ticket to heaven or anything like that, but it's kind of of like how my wedding ring is a symbol that I'm married. If I take off my ring, I'm not suddenly unmarried. (laughs) But to anybody that sees the ring, they know that I have committed myself to one person. In a similar way, baptism, when you get baptized in front of people, anybody that's watching knows and sees that you have committed yourself to one Lord. And so, Another reason to get baptized, by the way, is that it's commanded by Jesus. He says that he wants all of his followers to get baptized. It's actually one of the ways that we obey. And baptism is a big celebration. So if you have been baptized, you just come on and join us. You come at the end of the month, April 24th, when we have our baptism, and you can join in cheering on those that are taking this step of obedience and going public with their faith. Also, a step that you might consider taking, because maybe you've done those first two things, is you might be interested in learning how to commit as a member to Valley Lights Church. Uh, Becoming a member requires those first two steps of becoming a Christian and getting baptized. But we've got this membership class in Potluck today, Sunday, April 10th. And, you know, we're a church that's getting established and getting traction, but it's going to take people that are committed to seeing it go. And part of the reason that we spent so long looking at all of these hard attitudes, these core values, is because that is, that's one of the things that members commit to and really uh, commit to living by. And more besides that, we'll be looking at our core beliefs, um, our structure, our strategy for uh, accomplishing the mission, But membership represents a commitment to our church, and I have seen over and over how people grow from commitment. Sometimes we want to grow and then commit, but it's really when we make that commitment first is when we tend to see growth after. When people join church as a member, they, I've just seen, they tend to experience deeper growth in their life and in their walk with God. And then our church begins to grow stronger too, because Members are the people that we know we can count on. And so you can be a part of the team that's making it happen. So if you'd like to commit or learn more about the process, because there is a bit of a process, I'd encourage you to join us today. Another significant spiritual step you might take is to think about Easter next Sunday and then invite anywhere from one to three people to join us for church. You know some people that I don't know. And when you invite your people to church, it'll have an impact that my invitation never would. And right now is a time when people tend to be more responsive and open and interested in going to church really than any other time of year. When we had our first Easter as a church last year, it was in the park, we had just barely gotten started, and we had a handful of people that came for the very first time. And these folks not only came and attended, but they have stuck with us and have become uh, deeply involved in helping us carry out this this mission, and they've become a vibrant part of our community. And so it gets me excited to think about, man, who's going to come for the first time next Sunday at Easter and then end up sticking around, coming back, and then becoming a core part of who we are? I'm just really excited about that. And I believe that God is stirring hearts right now. He's working in the homes, the neighbors, all around us, getting people ready to respond and to come. So by inviting other people, you might play a part in God's grand plan for redemption for individual people. So write their names, either on your phone or on a piece of paper, that you'd like to invite. And use the invitations that we have. We've got flyers as well as uh, ways you can invite people through social media. When we get to Easter, by the way, we're going to be starting a new message series called The Difference. Now, it's been said that organized religion is the source of all the world's problems. <laughs> Maybe you've heard people say that, you know, just religion just messes things up. Well, if we were to look more closely at the impact of Christianity, a pretty different story emerges. The followers of Jesus for centuries have brought incredible positive change to culture, family life, to law, politics, medicine, and really every sphere of human life. And our world would look like a pretty different place without the impact of Jesus and Christianity. So we're going to be looking at the difference. Starting on Easter, it's going to be a message series that's very relevant, and uh, it'll appeal to people that have maybe little to no church background. As well as be pretty encouraging for christians so besides that message series on easter will also have free breakfast pastries from panera and coffee we will have easter goodie bags for all of the kids that come and, and gifts for the family and fun treats so it'll be a fun encouraging time and i'm excited about that and then one other possible spiritual step that you might take it might be something that i don't know because God might be stirring something in your heart. Maybe you feel like God is just putting his thumb on an area that you know you need to change or something that he wants you to do. If you know what that is, don't shrug it off. God loves you very much and cares about where you head. And responding to him could open up a tremendous amount of blessing later down the road. Now imagine, of those five significant spiritual steps, imagine if... Everyone in our church takes a step, one of those steps. Think about the growth that we might experience as a whole church. I'm excited. Imagine deepening roots. Imagine us pleasing God and growing closer together. Springtime. It's just an exciting time of of budding life. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens this month. I'm really looking forward to celebrating the resurrection of Jesus next Sunday on Easter. I hope that you join us and that you bring somebody with you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for giving us the commands and the New Testament guidelines for relationships and for teams uh, that we've been looking at over the past 10 weeks, and already the blessing and positive impact that it's had. Thank you also for um, the ways that you guide us through your word, and you speak to us as individually. You Actually, also speak to us through leaders. And so for all those ways, I pray, Lord, that we would courageously respond uh, in obedience to you and to please you, you know, as each person would please you. And then as a church, we would bring honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you listening online today, if you'd like to support Valley Lights, you can give today. Uh, The money that we receive goes toward our mission of helping people find God and learn how to walk with him. So giving to church is, you know, it's one of the ways that we give back to God for the many ways that he provides for us. So you can donate now by clicking the giving button on your screen or going to our website for the giving page. Another way to connect with us besides that is to fill out a connection card. It only takes about a minute, uh, but you can use that form to let us know about anything going on in your life, sign up for events, give some contact info, or let us know how we can pray for you. It's just a great way to start a conversation. I'm really glad that you were here today. Uh, I hope it was helpful. So thank you for taking some time out of your week to join us for church. Have a great week.